0: Alexandra Perry, and you're listening to Investing After Hours, a Wealth Daily podcast. Joining me today is Jimmy Mangle. Jimmy is the editor of two investment newsletters, The Crow's Nest and The Marijuana Man- Manifesto, and he just got back from the Cannabis Cup, so I think we're going to start with that. Jimmy, first off, how are you?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for coming on. So first, what is the Cannabis Cup? Because I've never heard of it before. <laughs>
1: Um, it's, it's interesting. So a marijuana magazine called High Times that has been around forever. Every year they put on basically like this Bacchanalian festival of everything marijuana related. So they, they have entrepreneurs and growers and consumers. Um, and basically it's, uh, it's a contest. So they, they, they bring um, whatever products they have, whatever marijuana they have. And you know that you rate it just like you would, you know, um, like a, like a dog show or something. It's just uh, it's just a lot of marijuana and a lot of uh, I guess what you could say uh, competition uh, in the entire space.
0: So, is this event hosted in a specific state? Because I know you traveled for it.
1: Yeah. So this was in San Bernardino, California, um, where marijuana is medically legal right now. Um, but it's pretty much been decriminalized completely, so it, it, it was flying pretty loose, um, in terms of the legality of things. Um, but yeah, no, technically you would have to have a medical marijuana card in order, you know, to take part in all of the festivities.
0: Mm -hmm. So what are the benefits as an investor for going to this kind of an event?
1: So we were there to do, um, an investment presentation because marijuana stocks have been so popular, um, across the board recently that uh, I think a couple of years ago there would not have been an investment panel at the cannabis Cup. Um, but w- what we found was that uh, our presentation was completely packed with you know people of all ages um, and they were very, very interested in learning about how to invest in marijuana um, and you know g- g- coming along for the ride because they've uh, you know they've heard the stories they've seen like the new green rush. Um kind of, which is pretty much mainstream now, uh so the more and more people are getting into it. um so from our purposes, it was great to just be able to like teach people about what to do and what not to do um and you know, just kind of educate uh like minded folks about how how indeed you go and invest and make money in marijuana. Um, so I, as far as an investor, going to this event is really cool too, because you get to see. How the market is playing out. Um, it's one thing to just read about it, but when you go to an event like this and see the fervor and uh, amount of money that is just going into these products, um, it really does. Uh, I would say you know justify the hype. Um, so it, we walked around and talked to entrepreneurs like um, that had different products. Um, it wasn't just a bunch of you know basement dwellers growing marijuana, like these are legitimate companies um, with very interesting products. So it it just kind of gives you a handle on how big this market is going to be uh, once California legalizes marijuana recreationally. And then from state to state, you can just, uh, the possibilities are endless. And it's just, it's going to be a massive market that I don't think people will quite understand um, how important that is for uh, an investor
0: do you feel like the investing demographic you see is a little bit younger um so i know you've been investing for a long time and when you first came onto the podcast we talked about blue chip stocks and um which is a more traditional investment for i think older people they're more familiar with it but in this space you probably see a little bit different age interest than what you're used to
1: yeah absolutely it was funny um because we had a question and answer session after the uh panel um and again, like the the crowd was all over the place. We had you know twenty something year old kids, and then like eighty year old guys, like equally interested in the investment angle of things. Um, but one of the one of the questions is probably a twenty five year old kid said, "I've been trying to get my dad to invest in marijuana stocks for like the last five years, and he thought I was crazy. Um, so I told him, I was like, I did the same thing with my dad um, when I first started investing in marijuana, and he." It was just like, that seems like the riskiest, craziest thing you could ever do. Like, I'm not investing my money in that right now. So I was like, okay, well, you know, here are a couple of companies I would probably just stash some money in and see what happens. And then uh, years later, when I was kind of, you know, bragging about my stocks, and one of them went up like 850%, I was like, don't you wish you got in on that when I was talking to you about it? He's like, well... To be honest, last year I did put some money into it and just didn't tell you. <laughs> so it's it's it, people are catching on to it and they're getting over that fear of it being an illegal substance or you know all of the stereotypes that you hear about marijuana. Just um, they're just everyone's coming around to it and in the end, if you're investing, you really just want to make as much money as possible. Um, and this space has just been brilliant for that over the last few years, and I think people are starting to recognize that.
0: At this kind of event, is there, like, any vendors or companies that caught your interest? I don't know if this is the kind of event where it's more, like, smaller, um, not necessarily, like, companies, but people that are, like, mom-and-pop shops that are engaging with the cannabis space, or if big companies do come out and kind of showcase their wares, especially with legalization coming up.
1: Uh, yeah, there were both. It was all over the place. Um, a lot of people were just, you know, selling bags of marijuana. Um, which is fine, but I don't think that is really where uh, the industry is going. Um, just in terms of the prices too, uh, it, everything was very cheap. Uh, so I, I don't know if you're just going to be, be able to grow marijuana and then sell it at at margins like that, um, say $5 a gram where you may make a dollar or two here and there. But the interesting stuff for me was the, like, the different array of products for different markets. Uh, Uh, for example, um, I ran into one guy who was, uh, selling THC toothpicks. So essentially it's just like a discreet way of, you know, using marijuana in small doses, um, that I I think would, you could pay a premium for. Like if you want to buy a, you know, a case of toothpicks, um, you can sell that for a lot more compared to, you know, a, a little bit of marijuana flour, um, so that that was an interesting product that I think you know had had some uh, has some serious potential, uh, and the, the thing about the different markets too is there was another um, booth that a, a woman was selling um, marijuana vaporizer pens, but that looked like mascara.
0: Oh, that's clever.
1: Yeah. So you think about that, and then you think of kind of like your soccer mom or like mall rat type of person who. You know wants to be discreet about it but you know still wants to get a little buzz before they you know go about their daily business um so it's kind of those l- little ancillary products i think are, are going to make up a large part of the market uh and it'll be interesting to see how that develops
0: do you have a favorite story like i imagine if you go to these kind of events there's just got to be something that happens that sticks with you you're probably interesting <laughs> a very <laughs> you're probably meeting a very wide range of characters
1: yeah it was i mean it was ridiculous um yeah, if you told me in high school I would be covering the cannabis cup as an investor, my, my head would have exploded. Um, Dream but, come true. <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was it really was insane. Um, I think that's the funniest thing that happened was we were going around with the camera crew just interviewing some people and talking to some businesses. And um, I turned around and ran smack dab into Jesus. <laughs> and uh, full regalia, big beard, uh... And he just, he said, hello, my son, are you here to take part in the sacrament? I was like, well, no, I'm here for business, but uh, it's nice to meet you, Jesus. And he just gave me a big hug and a handshake. And uh, I turned around and he was, um, I guess his, one of his disciples was um, rolling up huge uh, blunts, which are, you know, marijuana, cigar uh, type devices, and um, rolling them up like crucifixes, and then you know, passing them around to other people in the crowd. So,
0: are we talking like full out, like Mel Gibson? Jesus? Oh, he was
1: he was Jesus, like, and was playing the part too. But
0: it was very well, very yeah, good at it.
1: I guess I could. I found Jesus at the Cannabis Cup, but there was all sorts of like, you know, funny stuff going on, and you know, it, it was it was more of a festival than my my typical investment seminar type thing. But. uh yeah you know it's uh, it, uh, you can't get thousands of people together in the name of marijuana without some f- pretty funny things happening so it was it was interesting to say the least.
0: Well, I think it's interesting that it's, that it's happening in San Bernardino, California because you know we're moving into a big year for not just California but the rest of the cannabis industry as California plans to make marijuana recreational recreationally legal on sure. January 1st, isn't it?
1: It is yeah, so, so coming up quick.
0: I was wondering if you could kind of talk to us about that, because I know that at this stage, especially since we've entered a presidency where people might see more obstacles to marijuana being legalized in other states, California, I think, has always been a state that many people imagined would legalize marijuana first. Do you foresee any major regulatory hurdles on a state level still?
1: I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, Like, as you said, California has been allowing medical marijuana for over 20 years. So they I mean, they have the infrastructure in place. um, And it's California, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's uh, pretty chill, as they say. Um, But just the sheer amount of money that's going into this, uh, they're forecasting, you know, a $7 billion a year industry um, just coming out of the, out of the shadows. Um, But that also means you know, taxes and regulations. And there are plenty of things that are going to have to happen to make sure that that is a smooth transition. Um, I'm sure they'll figure it out, but there, there'll be some growing pains. Um, but yeah, tax-wise, uh, uh, they project a billion dollars a year in taxes. So when you put that kind of money together in such a new and interesting industry, um, I guess one of people's concerns is like the federal regulations. Um, more so than the state regulations because it's clearly legal in Canada or I'm sorry, in California and Canada. Um, but yeah, federally it's a, it, it's still an issue and I don't think that the federal government is even going to want to touch this when they see that kind of money coming in and they see those taxes coming in um, and they see how popular it is with like their constituents. So... Um, I guess you're alluding to kind of the Jeff Sessions thing where he's an anti-drug crusader and then can just swoop in and start raiding dispensaries and really just, you know, cracking heads. Um, I just don't see that being a popular or reasonable decision. Um, and despite whatever you may think about the administration, like, I think they're going to be a bit more pragmatic about that, especially as more and more states, um, you know, leave it up to their voters to legalize. Um so you don't want to argue with the people too much. you don't want to you know crush a huge industry that's creating American jobs um, and I just don't I don't see a federal crackdown on legal marijuana like state by state.
0: It seems like when you reach a point where a state has legalized recreationally um, like like when Colorado did, you know, it was kind of this. Example to the rest of the country that it can be done, that it can add this much tax dollars, and now when California does it, like those states are now outside of federal, like the government, the federal government can no longer step in and destroy that infrastructure once it's already been put into place. So well, do you,
1: they 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 technically could. I just don't see the reason that they would. Um,
0: but they still benefit from the tax dollars regardless of whether or not it's legal on a federal level.
1: Sure. So no, I. I I think every time one of the dominoes falls, like, and with California really being the crown jewel of the entire country in terms of um, marijuana legalization, um, it just gets harder and harder to, you know, justify that kind of, uh, you know, federal encroachment um, on people's livelihoods. I mean, you're really, if you're running in and crashing a marijuana distributor or um, any sort of entrepreneur. Like, you're, you're killing people's jobs. You are putting more people in jail that don't need to be in jail. Um, I just think they have bigger fish to fry. And uh, although I'd prefer Jeff Sessions not be the attorney general, like, as a marijuana investor, um, I just really don't think that, uh, that's, that that's on their plate right now or something they're really concerned about.
0: Do you think this legalization on California's part will affect companies inside of California and outside of it, or is this something that California companies will probably benefit from strictly because they're in the distributing state?
1: Um, No, I think it's going to benefit everybody, um, especially if they have a smooth rollout and are able to show that you can really do this on a large scale. Um, It's going to be, uh, as they say, a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, So if California can prove it and, and pull it off, then that sends a message to all the other states, especially smaller states, being like, we can absolutely do the same thing on a smaller scale. Like, we've seen how it's done. Um, you've seen it in Oregon and Colorado, uh, and now even Nevada, which has been a really interesting case as well, um, that they are able to do this, and pretty much everybody wins. Um, there's there's really not, not many negative stories coming out, um, so, yeah, I think if once, once California gets rolling, we're going to see a lot more states continue to just um, start legalizing. Uh, new Jersey is an especially interesting example. Um, their new governor uh, that was just elected said, we could probably get this going by next year. So if a state like New Jersey, with in such proximity to uh, New York, um, when you start getting those kind of states, it, it, is, it is a domino effect. And uh, I th- we're going to see more and more of it. And as an investor, that just opens up new markets everywhere. Um, and I think that's going to be interesting for California companies, but for any companies um, that, are, that are working in, uh, in the United States.
0: Do you think that companies, um, this is more of a geographic question, because I imagine that a company would want to base itself in the state with least resistance to its product. So um, do you think this will drive companies into California as well? Like, is California kind of killing two birds with one stone by not only gathering the tax revenue from marijuana sales, but also enticing companies to come and participate in that space?
1: Oh, I think so. Um, and I think that California has such a baked in, ugh, it's impossible to talk about marijuana without... Terrible puns, but it's got um, it, it does have that baked in infrastructure where people have been doing this for a long time. They have the medical marijuana dispensaries. They have like large scale agricultural agricultural growers. Um, and I think they just, you know, slid right in and like, OK, well, we're going to do this legally now. Um, but, yeah, you're going to see a, plenty of companies like starting up in California j- just for that reason. Um, and that should um, that should c- continue to spread. So, yeah, as far as going from state to state, I think that's one of the main things I look for in um, cannabis companies is that if they have the infrastructure, the idea, the products um, that are working in one state, like it should be kind of a plug and play thing where you could just take that exact formula and take it to another state. So every time something is op- opens up, you have this brand, you have this uh, cachet that you can immediately go into a new state and... Um, you know, take over a big uh, portion of the market share there. Um, and I think a lot of companies are really figuring that out. And they don't want to be like a one trick pony just, you know, running a small shop in California. They want to have a big branded, excellent product that they can not only take across the United States, but also globally as more global markets open up. Um, same thing with mail order and that kind of thing, which will be coming down the pike as well. Uh, those are all going to be crucial in terms of, um, looking at companies to invest in and whether they can, um, really scale things out.
0: I think that kind of brings me actually nicely to, um, our next question because the weed market has been doing well for a while, which you, you clearly know as an investor and, um, we're still kind of hitting those big events in the space that keep pushing that market upward. Um, do you think that California legalization could kind of set off, um, I suppose, like, a weed bull market might be the right way to say it for the rest of the year since this is such a big event, opens such a huge market, um, gives companies so much more access to customers, um, unlike anything that we've seen before.
1: Yeah, I think between um, Canada going full recreational next year and California this year, um, you are going to see a, a legitimization of the space. Um, and I think that's kind of been what's lacking with... Um, you know, kind of the piecemeal legalization in the past, just like okay, it's Colorado, okay, it's Oregon. Um, you know, those those are markets, but to blow it up on such a large scale and to begin to see that money rolling in, um, no, I think, as I was saying, I think that is going to be put uh, put a lot of people in a great position to make a lot of money, um, and it has been it. <clears throat> If you followed marijuana stocks, you've you, you better have a good constitution because it has been up, it's been down, um, it's been a wild ride. But I think that uh, you know, with California and Canada, like that's going to help stabilize that. So you're not going to necessarily see these massive peaks and valleys in terms of stock prices. Um, you're not going to see as much fear in the market. When something goes a little wrong, and then everyone sells off, uh, which has happened a few times over the past few years, Um, no. So I think, yeah, that that will really help stabilize the entire market, and then it should continue to go up from here. um, You know, for the next, you know, decade.
0: Do you see any companies right now that you really think will benefit from this legalization?
1: Let's take, uh, let's go with Nevada for a minute. because investing in the United States, um, I've focused most of my investments in Canada, just because it, it was way safer and more insulated from potential problems. Um, but if you look at the Nevada market, that uh, had, I guess it was July 1st, they finally started selling recreational marijuana. And the um, demand was so off the charts that the, government, the, the governor had to de- declare a state of emergency. Because they ran out of marijuana. Um, so that, it, that goes to show you just like, okay, Nevada's opened up now. Like, what are my plays in Nevada? Because um, all people do is go to Las Vegas and spend money on any vice you can think of. Uh, so one company operating in Nevada is um, it's a company called Terratech. And the, uh, the ticker for them is, uh, it's on the over-the-counter market. It's T-R-C-T they have a number of dispensaries um, in Las Vegas and the surrounding areas in Nevada. Um, And they're pretty much an agriculture company, but they do have these wonderful storefronts with uh, what they call bud tenders. Um, So it's not like your silly hippie head shop. You go in there and it's almost like an apple store or like a a fine um, coffee place. Uh, So they're a company I think that because they had that early mover advantage and already were situated in Nevada and they, they have also locations in California. Um, I think that they are someone that could do very, very well. Uh, and they also have, um, exposure in New Jersey, uh, which again shows you they're ahead of the curve. So they can't do anything in New Jersey now, but they do have warehouses and, and infrastructure ready for it. as soon as it happens, then they're going to be going. Um, so, yeah, I like to look at companies like that who are clearly ahead of the curve and not, you know, okay, California is legalizing it. I'm going to move to California and start a weed shop. Yeah. Um, you, you really need to be forward thinking and, you know, strategically uh, positioning your business. So I think Tech is a good, a good way to play that. Um, I also have, uh, if you want me to go through a couple of companies. Go for it. So another company, would, um, it's actually on the medical side. It's not really as much about the recreational, um, but it, it, it kind of goes to show you, like, why you need a niche product and something to stand out against, like, all of these other companies that are popping up. Uh, it's a company called Emblem, uh, and they're a medical marijuana company, and they currently have a patent pending for a time-release cannabinol uh, pill. hmm so the marijuana, the medical marijuana industry is much bigger than people give it credit for, um, and I think could be a lot bigger uh, once more products like this are available. Because if you think about taking medicine, for instance, um, say for chronic pain. So say you're you have a medical marijuana card and you you are getting you know f- uh, marijuana flour from your doctor, you still have to use it. So like you go to work, but. You've got to sneak down to your car with a vape pen to, like, take your medicine, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not discreet. It's, I mean, not necessarily healthy to be, you know, smoking at all. Um, so, what, so what Emblem has done is created, like, a time-release type capsule that you would, you know, have in any other type of pain medication. Um, which is interesting, too, because the CEO of the company uh, started Purdue, Purdue Pharma, who um, created OxyContin. So that's obviously a billion-dollar market now, and uh, in in talking to him, he was pretty much, you know, I mean, I I don't think he was crying into his money, but it's like there's got to be a better way to, you know, get help people with pain than OxyContin, um, which is, you know, creating a horrible opioid epidemic. Um, So that's another company that trades. uh, The ticker is uh, it's EMC and so the Vancouver Exchange. but, yeah, they're a fully integrated medical marijuana and healthcare company um, that I, I think, if this patent goes through, that could be a huge, huge deal for their company. Um, and again, differentiates them from every other company just selling weed to people.
0: I imagine, too, it would be nice to just have medication that you can take like medication without stigma. Because I do think, even as the. Um the marijuana market evolves and becomes legalized. It will take some time for people to overcome like lifelong taboos about cannabis.
1: Well, not just people, but doctors. Um, so that's another big problem too. Is a lot of doctors, they don't have the amount of information and clinical trials they need to make, uh, you know, a safe decision about you know prescribing somebody um, marijuana for their you know say epilepsy or something. They they what you need is more trials and you need more research. Um, and I think anecdotally, it's it's been very impressive so far. But until you, you know, have products like Emblem is doing with the uh, time-release capsule and you can actually, um, you know, titrate and measure what is happening, um, it's going to go a long way into turning uh, cannabis into a legitimate uh, medicine that any doctor is willing to prescribe um, for their patients that, you know, won't have horrible side effects. It's not addictive. Um, everything that is, is so wrong with you know kind of the current pharmaceutical situation. Um, so yeah, you'll see more and more of that. And as an investor too, I mean that just opens up way more markets. Uh, you know the pain industry, like is billions and billions of dollars. So if if, if marijuana can come in there and even make a small dent in that, like investors will do quite well.
0: Do you have any words for us as we leave 2017, which has been a big year for marijuana, um, and head into a possibly bigger year for either things that investors should keep an eye out for, things they should be wary for?
1: Yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind, um, and I see this all the time, uh, especially with my reader mail and just watching the watching the space, um, this still is going to be a fluctuating market. So what often happens is There'll be a slew of news out and all of the marijuana stocks go crazy for a week or two. Um, It happened about about a week ago, like almost all of my stocks just went up 50% just based on, you know, the the teeming hordes finally like throwing money at it. Um, I would be wary of buying at the top. Um, There are awesome opportunities to, um, you know, to gain a position in some of these stocks if you just are patient and just watch them for a little bit um it could it's it, anything from a you know a, some some disappointing earnings or um you know a, the the jeff sessions fear um articles come out all the time and you can just watch all the stocks either go up or down based on that uh I would just you know do your due diligence and make sure for one um it's a it's a legitimate company with a unique um a unique product of some kind and the and the money to you know, stay afloat. Um, but also just understand that you don't want to be buying during the frenzies. Um, you really want to just keep a cool head, pick a couple of stocks you really like, and uh, and just watch them because you really have to, you, you have to really watch these stocks because um, they do fluctuate so rapidly.
0: Thank you so much, Jimmy, for coming on to the podcast and taking time right before Thanksgiving to talk to us.
1: Absolutely. Uh- Appreciate you having me.
0: No, it's a pleasure. Um, For everyone listening, I will make sure to include a link to Marijuana Manifesto. That's Jimmy's cannabis publication um, below. I hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving. Have a good night.